Hello everybody and welcome to the all new and improved It's Discourse podcast. Yes, that's what we that's what we're calling it now. We're calling it Let's Discourse. <laughs> um I feel like every time I record a new episode of this podcast, I have to introduce a new name. Um so for those of you who've been listening for quite some time, the podcast started off as Asikulume Let's Talk and then I changed that name to um Thoughts like thoughts i thought it was cool okay because like you know this is a platform where i come on and share my thoughts about various issues so i thought that was like a cute little name until a friend of mine told me that that name was not very searchable <laughs> and so i sort of thought okay it might not be you know all of that so i then decided that in the year 2021 we should probably come in with a new name and so let's discourse will be the name of the new of the podcast until of course i decide to change the name again as as things go but yeah uh welcome to the very first episode of 2021 um i wanted to chat today about something that i obviously have been thinking about for quite some time as i do with um all the episodes of the podcast that i just come on here and i talk about things that i have been thinking about pondering on for for quite some time and so today i want to talk about the term slay queen um i don't want to specifically talk about the people but i want to talk about the word or rather the phrase or the term slay queen and i want to start off by sort of contextualizing or giving a bit of a historical background about where the word comes from So in around the period 2015 2016 Instagram as a platform really started taking off and it started taking off as a marketplace as opposed to just being an app where people come in to upload photos. So prior to the 2015 2016 period people used Instagram generally just as a an online gallery just as a place for them to upload pictures and it functioned a lot like Facebook in that you could use Instagram to sort of show people who are not to show family and friends who are not close to you what you were getting up to or what you look like or those kinds of things but in sort of like the 2015 2016 period people started getting increasingly um more self aware of what they were putting up on Instagram people started caring more about how many followers they were putting up on Instagram people started paying attention to what pictures they were putting on and that sort of um coincided with the rise of your face tunes and your um photoshop apps essentially that's the time when people really really started um paying a lot of attention to what they were putting up on Instagram and that then gave rise to Instagram as the marketplace that we know it to be today and what coincided with then um the rise of Instagram as being a platform for aesthetically pleasing pictures is that we were then introduced to the concept of the Insta- of the Instagram girl right and i say Instagram girl because that's the term that we use to describe a certain type of woman who exists on Instagram and the term Instagram girl is in no ways intended to disrespect women who exist on the Instagram app 
But essentially, the Instagram girl, as we became introduced to, was a typically young, conventionally attractive, thin waist, bigger bottom body woman who mirrored very much the um, Kardashian, the Kardashian Jenner sort of um, body type or figure type of woman, right? So that's the kind of woman that became very popular on Instagram. And that's the kind of women that people follow on Instagram. And so that kind of that time of the, the really rise of the Instagram influencer, the Instagram girl also coincided with um, a time in which slang that is used by um, queer communities as well as uh, black communities became really, really popular on social media, right? So right about that time, we were all using all of these slang words that are typically used by people of select communities. But now these slang words were being used by pretty much everybody on social media and more specifically on Twitter. But particularly on Instagram during that time, this is like the 2015-2016 period, um, people were using the word slay a lot. And um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the word slay was coined by queer community queer communities where they used the term or the word slay as a way to describe that someone was doing something appreciated or was doing something great or was doing something that was admired so you'd use it in context to say she's slaying that she slayed that walk she slayed that outfit or he slayed that or they slayed that right so that's the 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 context in which the term slay was being used um within sort of the Instagram space but just broad, broadly the social media space and in sort of like normal talk um, king and queen are terms of endearment that we use just towards people when you're trying to hype a person up or when you're trying to give them a compliment right so then what started happening is that people would comment more particularly on women's Instagram posts that oh you're slaying that queen or slay queen but it wasn't like one word and it wasn't one term but it was used um as a way to sort of express that someone was doing well at a particular thing even if that thing was just looking beautiful right and then the queen sort of was used as a term of endearment um after hyping up that person for doing that thing right so it was more of a phrase than anything else right slay queen but that word was predominantly used on a certain kind of Instagram woman, right? And it's the Instagram woman that I um, had mentioned earlier that she is generally conventionally attractive, younger, has a small waist, a bigger um, bottom body, and is and lives a certain lifestyle as well, right? So very intrinsic um, to the Instagram girl was that she couldn't just be pretty, but she had to be pretty and she had to go to expensive restaurants. She had to take a lot of um, um, trips, many of them being international trips. So the, the Instagram girl essentially had to live a certain opulent or expensive lifestyle. And so when 
that sort of trend of the Instagram girl was coming up, we also, in the South African context, were introduced to the concept of a blesser and a blessee. So what happened was that in around 2016-2017, a local investigative journalism program called Third Degree ran an episode about these young women who were in romantic relationships with older, richer, married men, and these men were funding these girls' lifestyle. So in the program that played on Third Degree, the picture that it created about who these women are were a picture of younger, mostly um, light-skinned, conventionally attractive, small waist, bigger bottom body women, right? So the women that were used in, the, in that program to be classified and labeled as blessees were women who very much fit who very much fit the picture of what we knew as the Instagram girl or what was generally considered the Instagram girl right and so what we did this thing of sort of conflating the two right so we took the Instagram girl and we took the blessee and sort of merged them into one person so the way the reason why people did this is because the Instagram girl, rather the blessee, fit the image of the Instagram girl. So then we started making this weird assumption that all of the women we were seeing on Instagram who sort of fit the picture of conventionally attractive, younger, small waist, bigger uh, bottom body, we sort of assumed that who lived a certain lifestyle, that's very important. The women who looked a certain way and then lived a certain opulent lifestyle we assumed that all of them were blessees whose lifestyles were being funded by these older richer married men and obviously because south africa is very much a moralistic society we did not look um very gently at the women that we thought their lifestyles were being funded by older, richer, married men. These women were um, subjected to all sorts of online abuse. Um, they were subjected to a lot of cyberbullying. They were submit. They were submitted to um, slut shaming, and essentially, also a lot of victim blaming happened um, within that space, right? And so the we then came up with this term of slay queen. Right, so Slay Queen, which started off very, very, um, very innocently as a term of endearment or as a way to hype someone up on social media, now became this term that we used to refer to a certain Instagram girl who we then also assumed that their lifestyle was being funded by an older, richer, married man. So then the term Slay Queen really became um, um, a term that was used very broadly by society at large. So it wasn't only a term that was fixed on social media or a term that only existed on social media, but on television, on radio, in newspapers, you heard people referring to women who were Slay Queens. 
and very quickly the term slay queen got to be understood as a derogatory term or rather a term that did not have any positive connotations anytime a man or anyone really in general would refer to a woman as a slay queen that that referring never really had any positive affirmations it was never in a good light but it always was to shame women who either looked a certain way or lived a certain lifestyle so we did this thing as a society where whenever we would see a woman on instagram who looked a certain way so that like kardashian jenner body type that i described earlier and also lived what we considered to be an opulent lifestyle we would immediately term that woman as a slay queen and with absolutely no regard for who she is where she comes from who her parents are what she does for a living right because also the way in which instagram functions as an app is that someone shows you what they're willing to show you in their life and so we made all these assumptions about women based on only what they chose to show us, right? So literally, like, it was something as easy as if there is a woman on Instagram who wears makeup, has a weave, has a Louis Vuitton bag, and has a body, a certain body type, we would immediately assume that that woman's lifestyle is being funded by an older, richer, married man, and we would have and we would make those assumptions having absolutely no idea of who this woman is or her background or anything of that sort right and then um the sort of era of the rise of the term slay queen as well as the, our introduction to the instagram girl coincides yet again with the rise of michelinda masse who is arguably South Africa's biggest influencer. Michelle Damase in round about 2016-2017 as well, she starts her YouTube channel and also she gains an incredibly big uh, social media following, particularly on Instagram as well as YouTube. She is kind of the first few women to do um, beauty South African beauty content on YouTube and hence her channel grew really, really fast, right? So she sort of rises into um the national consciousness on social media at least around about the same time that we get introduced to these concepts of slay queens and blessies and so um me being someone who has followed michale from her days when she had just started youtube um and someone who has consumed a lot of the content that she is put up um i you would know if you are also someone that followed her that michelle has publicly said a lot of times that her grandmother is relatively well off and that her grandmother has been able to provide a comfortable lifestyle for her um for context sake also michelle went to a private high school she went to a private university which is definitely more expensive than a public university and also when she was probably like 2021 20, she was already driving a mercedes-benz so and also even during that time when she was just starting out as an influencer just starting out on youtube and instagram she did fit 
um, the picture of what the Instagram girl looked like. And she also lived the lifestyle of what we considered the Instagram girl's lifestyle to look like. And so basically people then also assumed that she, her lifestyle was also being funded by an older, richer, married man, right? And no one even like took out the time to consider that perhaps she could afford to live this kind of lifestyle because her family makes it possible or her parents make it possible for her to live that lifestyle. Like no one considered that, no one thought about that. We all immediately looked at her, looked at her lifestyle and concluded that she's definitely a blessing and she definitely has an older man who's paying for all of this. But on top of that, also, Michali is an, a social media influencer, right? Um, there was an article in 2019 that listed the top um, sort of like influencers in the world. And it also specified how much they get paid. On that list, it said that Michali was, I think, the 14th highest paid um, in, influencer on that list. And that she charged $1,800 per post. So when I converted that $1,800, it came to 26,000 Rand. And since then, Michali's following has grown in leaps and bounds. And I'm definitely sure she charges much, much, much more than that right now. But even during that time, 26,000 Rand just to make an Instagram post is a lot of money, right? And so, and also in an interview that Michali did in 2019 with another popular Instagram and YouTube influencer, Mpumili Dwaba, in that interview, Mpumili Dwaba asks Michali whether or not she has made her first million. And in 2019, Michali said, yes, she has made her first million Rand from influencer work. So clearly, even, I mean, before before she had reached a million followers on Instagram, Michali was already making a substantial amount of money from existing on YouTube and existing on Instagram as an influencer. But again, nobody um, considered that. And the whole of sort of the, not the whole of the internet space, but majority of the internet space failed to consider all of that. Instead, we subjected Michelle to a lot of slut shaming and being termed and being called a slay queen and a blesser. I use the Michelle example just to say that we throw these labels of slay queen and blessee on women that we know absolutely nothing about, right? So for all we know, all these women come from pretty good families or, or families that are well off or they make their own money. But because we have this innate need as a society to bring down women, because we have this need as a society to shame women and put them in their place, whether or not a woman comes from a comfortable family or makes her own money, as soon as we call her slay queen, we put that label on her that she is not deserving of the lifestyle that she has because it is funded by an older, richer, married man. And also, it is very interesting to me that in all of these conversations that we have about slay queens or blessees, we hardly ever mention these supposed men who are funding the lifestyle. But in but instead, we put all our bullying and we put all the shaming onto the women that we say are benefiting from the um, money that they get from these older married men. 
And so what we have done basically is that we've used the term slay queen to slut shame women because we assume that these women are only able to afford the lifestyle they live because they are selling their bodies to older, richer, married men. Now, this is also um, not a conversation about sex work, but definitely intrinsic into um the chat about slay queens and blessees is that as a society we generally do um shame sex workers and so anything that we deem to be adjacent to sex work will also subsequently be slut shamed or rather shamed and so because we deem um blessies or instagram girls to be these morally devoid human beings who are so desperate to live an opulent lifestyle that they will do anything for it including um having relationships with older richer married men we then use the term slay queen to sort of slut shame and belittle and um injure essentially the women that we think deserve it Right. So what started off very simply as a term that was used on Instagram for people, mainly women, to hype each other up, we then have co-opted and turned into a term that we use to slut shame and belittle and shame women who we deem to be living a certain lifestyle by virtue of selling their bodies or selling sex to older, richer, married men. And so that's basically like what we what we've done with the whole concept of a slay queen but also on top of that what we've done is that certain people have used the phenomenon of the slay queen to profit off of that and one particular person in that regard is an author that i will not mention by name because she doesn't deserve any kind of airtime but this particular author since the rise of the the blessy um, um the blessy person type and the instagram girl and the instagram girl she has used sort of that theme to write a series of very sensational books that talk about or chronicle the lives of young conventionally attractive women who sell sex or rather trade sex with older married rich man rich rich men in exchange for a certain kind of opulent lifestyle and um this particular author isn't the first author to write about the same theme throughout their books and also there isn't anything inherently bad with being an author who writes about the same theme throughout their books but what um but the reason why I'm bringing this particular author up is that she makes absolutely no effort to contextualize the lives of these women she makes absolutely no effort to bring any nuance to the conversation about blessies or instagram girls she makes absolutely no effort to humanize them instead she portrays these these women in her books as these um um fame hungry morally devoid monsters who are willing to do absolutely anything and everything to be seen at the best parties the most expensive restaurants and to be seen 
globe trotting throughout the world so what this particular author has done is that she has used um the slut shaming of women or the slut shaming of a certain kind of women to profit off of that she claims that she was um at some point in her life a blessee and that she is writing these works of fiction based on her own lived life experience but to be quite honest, even if that is the case, she is still profiting off of the shaming of a group of women. Because I would think that if she um, says that she was part of that kind of lifestyle, she would understand that there are a lot of nuances and a lot, and a lot of texture to these women who are coined slave queens. But the way that she writes about them in her books shows that she has absolutely no um, intention of wanting to present these women as fully, like full human beings. Instead, she wants she presents them in her books as these caricatures that we know them to be in society. And so she feeds into the slut-shaming machine um, that generally exists around slave queens. And I also want to discuss what race has to do with all of this because, you know, we... We kind of had to have to bring in the the race conversation or rather the race question into all of this. So generally, the slay queen or the picture of a slay queen is a younger, light-skinned, conventionally attractive black woman. Right? You hardly, actually, you never hear about either an Indian or a coloured or a white woman being labeled a slay queen. And just for context sake, in case this video lands up um, in front of someone who is not South African or is not familiar with the South African context. In South Africa, they, we refer to a group of people who are descendants of uh, the indigenous people of the southmost tip of South Africa and also people who are who, have, who are historically mixed race we refer to that group of people as colored people so in South Africa we have four major racial groups black people colored people Indian people as well as white people so and I, so I want to make the sort of the race point using an example in South Africa there are two um sort of major famous influencers, um, Nadia Jafta as well as Jessica van Heerden. Nadia Jafta, I think, is colored. She, she's either colored or Indian, I'm not really sure, but one of those two. And then Jessica van Heerden is a white woman. Nadia Jafta and Jessica van Heerden exist also on the YouTube space. They also exist on the Instagram space and they sort of look like and live the same opulent lifestyle as the likes of your Michalinda Masses and the other and the other black Instagram women. But surprisingly enough, you never hear Nadia Jafta or Jessica van Heerden being called a slay queen. And you also never hear anyone accusing their the lifestyle of being funded by older, married, rich men. And you might ask yourself, why is that? Why is there a certain group of women who look a certain way and live a certain lifestyle who are labeled and slut-shamed as slay queens, but then there's another group of women who live the same lifestyle, look the same way, but no one ever makes any assumptions about who funds those lifestyles and that is race 
black women are labeled slave queens, slut shamed and belittled, whereas colored Indian and white women who have the same who have the, who have the same lifestyle and sort of look the same are never called slave queens. So obviously there is a misogynoir element to all of this in that we choose a particular group of people to belittle and slut shame. And that group of people is unfortunately black women. And so that's how misogynoir fits into this whole conversation about the, the slave queen. And then finally, I wanted to touch on the Jezebelification in the modern in the modern era. Um, in about 2008-2009, I'm not quite sure exactly about the year, but a local Guaido artist in South Africa came out to the song Jezebel. His name is Professor. Essentially, in the song, Jezebel, Professor sings about this woman who is constantly um, hanging around or dating DJs and is only after their money and she's after his money. And so what has happened or what we've seen happening in sort of the current day South Africa is that um, so in South Africa, DJs are able to make a healthy living, especially if you are a prominent or famous DJ. And so very often we've seen that um, single DJs have had these Instagram looking girls as their girlfriends or women that they essentially um, have been vibing with or going out with or dating or whatever. Right. So the it, it's always been a thing that in South Africa DJs attract very um beautiful women but the kind of woman that djs are seen hanging around with today are the women who fit the picture of the instagram girl and conversely fit the picture of who we deem to be a blessee and who we deem worthy of being slut shaped so then we've sort of moved um the jezebelification of of women from just being like a general woman who is, um, I don't know, a general woman who's being, uh, who's just hanging around DJs. And we've moved that, that, that Jezebelification to a very particular woman who fits a certain image and fits a certain narrative and that we're able to, to slut shame using the word slay queen. And so, yeah, I, I wanted to end it off with, that and also but to say as a parting shot that there is absolutely no reason why we should continue using the term slay queen and particularly because of how I've explained now that there are absolutely no redeeming qualities or positive connotations that are attached to the term slay queen it is largely used as a word to belittle and slut shame women and so we really should not be using and um yeah so those are my thoughts um i'd love 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 to know what you have to say about this topic so reach out to me on twitter.com my handle is at lindo underscore king thank you so much for listening and i'll catch you in the next one bye